You're listening to Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technologically advanced silhouette decoy on the market. First Light, the best hunting gear on the planet. Go farther, stay longer. And Ducklander Calls, tradition, education, and quality. Built to hunt. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 174, and the man, the Traeger man, is back. Mr. Eugene Tendine is joining us tonight. He's got uh, some stuff he wants to talk to us about. All things Traeger, the refuge, obviously, his duck season. Um, so, as we say, there's a full hockey sock full of topics we're going to get into tonight. But uh, quickly, we'll introduce the boys. Philly... As usual, coming to us from Port Perry. Mark coming to us from an undisclosed location in Nova Scotia. And uh, Eugene, you are coming to us from the Ni- Is it the Niagara Escarpment? No, the Niagara region. The St. Niagara. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. You, uh, do you forget where I live? Yeah, I totally, I totally <laughs> forgot where you live. That that's exactly why I said that. <laughs> 100 percent way to call way to call me out um everybody you know what i'm I'm wearing this shirt tonight um and i gotta give you know what i'm a horrible friend and i'll tell you why i'm a horrible friend because every week i do a post about the episode that we're that we're releasing that week and i tag you know i tag real geese because they're a sponsor duck ducklander calls uh, first late, all these people. And you know what? I never, ever tag Jeff Coates um, in this. And Jeff is the voice of Punisher Waterfowl. That angelic voice is what greets the millions of fans every time they start up a new episode. And you, you know what? It's the same what? kind of movie you hear when you hear trailers for, uh, or yeah, same kind just, of voice you hear when you hear trailers for movies. Yeah. That kind of angel. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, like, I can't believe, and, and I thought about this the other day, and I was like, man, like, I'm not giving Jeff any shout-outs whatsoever. Now, if you're in the waterfowling world, I don't think you need um, a reminder of that voice, because I think that voice is synonymous around, the, around North America when it comes to duck hunting, but nonetheless, I should be tagging him. And I will from this point on. So, Mr. Jeffrey, Captain Jeffrey Coates, um, I apologize, and I will rectify. Thank you. So, with all that being said, everybody, however you're listening to us or watching us, please like and subscribe. Um, Leave a comment below. We did get a lot of comments on last week's episode regarding... I think it was Phil said, hey, listen, if you've made it to the end, just just let us know that you've made it to the end. And there was a few people that that chimed in and sent me messages and were like, yeah, I made it. I made it all the way to the end. So uh, it was good. So, Eugene, thanks for coming on, buddy. That's a bit of a bit of a long winded intro, um, but glad to have you on, dude. No problem. Always a pleasure. Well, and and the fact that I think it was six o'clock this morning, I sent you the message saying, hey want to do a show tonight um and and you're able to you were able to clear some schedule so i appreciate it buddy thanks so no worries, much no worries. um listen let's i want to i want to talk to you because i'm just seeing your social media now the last day or two um on your on your recent trip and i know you went down there was no duck hunting down and so for anybody uh, that's in, you, in you, i think it was closed there was going to be close to closing um Actually, Emma, who came down for the women's hunt, um, yeah. she obviously was there, so she's one of my colleagues. And uh, we were going to go hunting and stuff, but it was just a, bit, a little bit tight, so I'll schedule it for next year and stuff. But I definitely want to go down to to Utah to go hunting for uh, ducks and geese. Yeah, I think that's... that's um, so, yeah, down to Salt Lake City. I think that's where I think that's where the, the XL boat factory is as well. Is oh, really? In, I didn't know that. Is in remember when we had uh those guys on and they were talking to us about taking the boats out in the salt lake and and stuff like that you remember that 
No. Mer. Do you know what else Bill? is in Utah? Oh, Jesus. Here we go. What? Anytime you order something, at least I can only speak for being a Canadian customer, and anytime you order something from First Light, it comes from Utah. Bingo. It's true. This is true. This is true. Big shout out to Logan Big. Williamson, who I had a wonderful conversation with last night. Um, so there, that's done, Logie. So you can't say I don't talk about you on the show. There you go. That was our little shameless plug for first light. Yeah, that's our shameless plug for first light. So yeah, man, like you went down. So what did you what did you get at? Like you didn't get to do your fly fishing and stuff. So what did you get at while you were down? Uh, there? <laughs> I actually just went tubing to Park City and stuff, and just drove around a lot. Like um, what do you mean, like tubing, like water park tubing? No, like uh, they have the they have like a hill there with like tube tubing and stuff like that, like go in the snow and it's oh, crazy. Like tobogganing sort of tobogganing tubing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was gonna okay. go snowboarding too, but I just. It is what it is. Like I said, I'm going to be back there next year in the fall or in the winter in time. So, and it must have been uh, it must have been cool, you know, especially for you having you had hosted Emma up here for our, our women's hunt, and you sort of kind of dragged her around and showed her what was what, and and you know had had some fun with her being a, an American. Did did she like switch it around on you? Did she like? call you a Canuck and make fun of you and all that shit? Like, what no, she always does. No, she oh, always okay. does. Oh, she always does anyway. We're, okay. we're friends like that. That's how, that's how we are. So. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, listen, um, your season, how was your season this year? Like, you you and Nate White were into him, like, into the late part of the season, eh? Yeah, honestly, this is probably the best season we've ever had. It's just everything just fell into place and stuff, and birds were here, and, like, Basically, the places we hunt are very easily accessible. Like, I can literally go, we can go, basically, me and Nate have our coffee in the morning. We go to our same spot every once in a while. We don't, you know, it's no scouting. We just kind of go there, hope for the best, and see what happens. But this year has been pretty good. Um, we had some fields in Niagara that loaded up pretty good and got at them. So, the freeze was pretty full with uh, goose pastrami, duck pastrami, and pepperettes. It just picked up a bunch of... Um, Meat pies and stuff, so we're loaded. Wow. And Mitch Mark. Davis got it with you guys a couple times too. Yeah, you? so we actually invited Mitch Davis. So obviously through through Punisher and stuff, we met Mitch and um he lives pretty close by. So we went together and went out with Trevor too. We went out to Long Point. Um it's been good, wow. like everybody getting together around the area and stuff, people that we know that are, you know, for through Punisher and stuff. So it's been pretty, pretty cool. No, that is that is pretty cool. That's uh, and it's good to hear because that was the goal of of those camps, right? The goal was to introduce people and get them to know one another and and hopefully find a new hunting buddy, right? Yeah, um, and fishing. So I mean, now fishing seasons, ice fishing seasons, kind of here. We I've already been talking to Mitch and stuff about going ice fishing and stuff. So we're looking forward to that. Try to get some uh, white fish for the Traeger, do some smoking and stuff. So okay, cool. Um. I don't think I don't think anybody is out around here ice fishing yet. I don't. I wouldn't be out on the water, out on the hard water here. I don't know, man. It does, we've been having it pretty mild for the last week and a bit. I yeah, there's there's guys that are fishing in Simcoe, like uh, Kuchiching, and like um, I've seen some other people fishing the usual places that freeze up first. But yeah, like where I usually go, like Bear Point. There is no apparently. There's really not much ice right now, so yeah. Like you're you're so spudding, bad. you're spudding your way out. Yeah, and I really feel bad because I know a couple of outfitters there that are uh, there's Callum and there's um Donnie. He's at a bare point and stuff. I don't think I don't know when they're gonna have their hunts out, but it just uh, I feel really bad because those guys rely on these, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Get their hunts out and stuff, right? So yeah, yeah, of course. Mark, uh, what I seen a picture the other day. You guys got no snow down in Nova Scotia right now? There's a foot on the ground there now. Oh, is there? Oh, yeah, we had, a, we had some snow Monday. What is your temperatures cold though? Or is uh, it, or is it today it was below zero, coast? but it was below zero for most of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So a typical a typical East Coast winter. Um Yeah, it's just, gonna it's gonna hover near zero for the next ten days at least. So that's just the way it's gonna be. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Philly? Are you because you you do some ice fishing too, don't you, Phil? Oh, buddy, I haven't been out in ages. I actually I actually had like a little like one man clam, 
which I sold. I literally had to wait for the guy to show up to my house to pick it up before I left to go pick up the boys and head to Habitat Flats. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, so shit. Like, I, I still have all my stuff. But I'm just like, I got this like one man clam. It's just taking up space in the garage. So I'm like, I've never used it. I had, yeah. I had one before. There was an incident. There's a reason why they make the tow bars. And uh, so I managed to get a new one and never even uh, like assembled it. Uh, so I'm like, get rid of the stupid thing. But like, I still take got it like, and go. take it and go. <laughs> I still got my, uh, my couple hand augers and like all my rods and stuff. But yeah, it's never, it's never really my thing. No, me either. Because yeah, like, you can't, you can't move around. Like you can, but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> what do you Especially mean you can't move around? Oh, when you're inside, you gotta like, the... you gotta like redrill holes. Oh, yeah. I got, I got two hand augers. So that that ain't fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, back home, I did it back home, but it was for trout, and I don't know, like it was. I enjoyed it back home, but it was it was a lot easier. Like there wasn't, you didn't have to have all kinds of fancy stuff, and nobody had fishing shelters. You just sat out on the ice and froze to death. You brought oh, everything out of no, a five no. gallon pail, <laughs> and then you flipped it over, and that was your seat. <laughs> yeah. In Newfoundland, you get a fire going on the shore, and you wow. sit around the fire, and then you hop on the screw and you fly around up your twenty five holes because that's how many holes you have, and you check yeah. all your holes. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Um, Eugene, so I've been I've been asking people this, especially people in Ontario, um, just regarding the season and, and as usual as usual, we're jumping all over the place here, but um but you you said like this is one of the best years you guys have had um on duck numbers, but is it safe to say like you didn't see your duck numbers until like cold like at the end of the season oh, or was it yeah there was, yeah. A, there was a big lull and stuff and it was towards the end and like just towards the end of the season then you saw all of them and then it was too late right so yeah 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 i really really curious about like late season what's gonna happen then like weather wise and stuff they're here nature the birds are around and stuff so we'll see what happens but okay. that can all change in the next little while right so uh, yeah i you. think i'm uh i think i may head down to the hellman county and uh in in for that uh conservation season for geese or that winter season for for geese head down there and probably try and shoot a few birds but come down to my house and smack some can you do it in february too yeah oh i oh i, I didn't I know a that couple, yeah like the only well, at least like where i am the only areas that have sunday gun hunting is like the north shore of scugog okay which is technically Kawartha yep. Township. Yep. Um and Whippy. Oh. Oh, I didn't know so that. I, oh, like yeah, pick, I'm Pickering totally coming to you. Pickering, Oshawa. Like I've got a bunch of wheat fields. One of them's in like a very high traffic area. You've actually hunted the yeah. field next to it. Okay. Um, yeah. So okay. I should hopefully get into some, especially with the weather the way it's been. Oh yeah, man. with the with the low snow, they'll be able yeah. to find that winter wheat no problem, and yeah, give of them course. the news. Yeah, um, Eugene, I, I I just thought about it. Merck, have you and Eugene ever met before? No, 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 you haven't. Oh well, you get you'll get to do a face like a a personal face to face in merch when uh, when we're at the refuge because. Um, for anybody that don't know, we haven't really got into it too, too much yet, but Eugene works for Traeger, um, and they are coming to the, to the refuge and setting up a big booth. And Eugene and I were on the phone today, actually trying to, trying to come up with a plan on exactly what Traeger is going to do with regards to seminars and stuff there. But I think, uh, I think we'll get something squared away. Uh, at least and and have some samples of some delicious foods i, I, I want eugene's meat in my mouth oh yeah that's a that's a laurianne horse uh that's a laurianne <laughs> horse saying right there yeah. after ever was one but i tell you you got to try those friggin oreos that he does um what is it like bacon wrapped oreos bacon wrapped oreos can't make it any easier dude 
Amazing. Dude, you can bake and wrap a shoe and make it taste good. So. <laughs> it's amazing. Bacon wrapped Oreos done on a Traeger. Amazing. So good. Super so easy. Good. Yeah. So good. So, so anyways, yeah, Eugene, so, you know, I'm, I know it may be a little bit premature because you don't have your solid plan just yet, but um, from what you do know, um, for anybody that's coming to the refuge, like, will you guys be selling grills at the, yes. re at, at the refuge? Yeah. So we we're partnering up with uh, a, a local dealer called Dixon's barbecue. They're out of Toronto. Okay. Uh, they got a bunch of locations there and stuff and they'll be, they'll be in the booth um, selling, selling Traegers and accessories and whatnot. So anything, all thing Traeger they'll have available at the show. So. Okay, cool. And, and is Traeger coming out with anything new this year? Like, is there any new grills this year or, or uh, right now? Yeah, we have the flat rock coming right now. There's a little bit of a delay on it, but that, that should be coming this year. Um, and coming soon for new product. Um, is that the one that we had at the camp this fall that we were yes. doing breakfast on? Oh yeah. That, yeah. that thing is slick as yeah. snot. That was, that was a beauty piece of kit. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Um, so that'll be up for grab. I would I would think that um with you guys being there doing some seminars, having some having some samples, like this this whole out this smoking meat, uh, I don't know how to say it without sounding like a fucking weirdo, but but this whole, you know, wood fired grills and and smoking meat and making duck pastrami and and goose pastrami like it seems to have just taken off over the last the last couple years and and i'm sure it has a lot to do with you know that the the equipment is getting better pellets are are getting better and then there's some pretty high profile people much like yourself that's that's out there and traveling around and showing off your wares so i would think that uh, the Traeger booth is going to be pretty popular at the at the refuge. Yeah, that's the thing with Traeger. There, a lot of outdoor stuff. We go hand in hand hunting and fishing. Like we have influencers or anglers and hunters, and like if you think about it, all the all the the meat you harvest, you can cook it on a Traeger, right? Yeah, doing so many different things, and obviously everyday food as well too makes it good. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, Mark. Um, when it comes to, like. Do you do a lot of that sort of stuff, Mark? Like I know, I know, like you in in the past, you make your own sausage and you make your own pepperettes, um, that sort of stuff. But do you do any of that smoking and and you know making those pastrami fucking things and all that shit? I did. I haven't for a couple of years. There's just been a lot going on the last couple of years. Yeah. So when I when I was back in Newfoundland last year. Uh, uh, my brother picked up a, I'm not going to name it, but a, another brand pellet grill. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not a fan of that. I can see why Traeger is, is good and this one's not. But uh, it, it didn't, it took forever to heat up. And, and oh, yeah. And it didn't, it just didn't seem to work that well. So that just operating that grill caused me to want a Traeger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the flavor yeah. would be there, but everything else wasn't. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but when it comes to you know, like you and you and your wife, like it was it was a like a weekend ordeal, right? Like when you were making sausage and pepperettes. Sausage is a full day. Yeah. If I wanted to make pepperoni, that's that's also a full day. I mean, I was only using a, a Bradley smoker, so that was only I was limited by the size of the smoker for what I could what I could do, right? Yeah. So, but we could do, I could do jerky and then I do, I do sausage and I do uh, pepperoni and whatnot. So, but, okay. uh, that, that to do a, to mix up a batch of sausage, I would do for me, a large batch would be like 50 to 60 pounds. So yeah. uh, that takes a full day between mixing, preparing, mixing, stuffing, and then packaging. That's a full day's work for two people. Yeah. 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 For sure. So, then you gotta um, add in smoking. <laughs> and then you gotta what? Then if you add in smoking to that. Oh yeah, yeah. And then smoke right. it on top of that, right? Um, yeah. Philly, you've got a Traeger, I think, right? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I I had a I, I know, I'm not giving me a Stone Age. I had a sidebox smoker 
Yeah. And then I end up selling it, but I am, I am going to get a, get a Traeger at some point. Don't worry. We'll I get can't, I can't, yeah. I can't disappoint Eugene. No, well, no, that's right. I will. Wow. It's just some point. I'm telling you, man. Um, yeah, do it. I, I've so, had some of, some of, uh, Eugene's the Traeger meat. seasonings. I've had some of the yeah. Traeger barbecue sauces, care of Mr. Eugene. Yeah. And they are phenomenal. The apricot is my favorite. Eugene but I need to, because he hooked me up this year. And I need to make, make a Traeger happen so I can start smoking things. Like they say, like, you know, when, when you get into your 40s, you either take up like World War history or you smoke meat. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. Like, um, it is very true because, you know, you look at our circle of friends, like guys like Trevor Davidson and Mitch Davis and uh, those guys, like they're like into it, like Steve Horse into it. Like these, the, I, I like it too. I like to eat, but I don't, I don't put the time into it that those guys do. And then, you know, Eugene, I guess, like, do you not get sick of cooking? Like that, that's the thing. Like that's it. Like you, you better not. Play. I don't. <laughs> I like doing it. It's 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 funny sometimes. It's just like, oh, who's cooking? And everybody stares at you. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm cooking. It. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You want to fillet fishes? Well, you guys can do that, and I'll I'll cook. I'll do, I'll do the brisket. Right. But like you thought you saw when we had the women, the ladies camp. Like, the brisket was easy. I put it on at night. We all went to bed next yeah. day. Wrapped it. You know what I mean? Like, easy peasy stuff like that. Swipped it, switched it over. Did the pulled pork? Did every, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's so well, easy to do. Like, yeah, and I think that that comes with a bit of experience too. Oh, hundred percent, Eugene. Right? Like you, it's, you it's, had prepared a lot of stuff beforehand. You had, a, yeah. Time management is obviously a big thing, but just kind of knowing your temperatures and knowing, and like everything's different. Every brisket's different. Every pork butt's gonna be different. But there's, you know, there's common ground, right? So yeah. Um. So so your plan now for, and again, jumping all over the place, but. Your plan now for your February hunts, that'll be just you and Nate White again? Or whoever. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever the birds are. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to kind of wait until we see, start seeing birds and stuff because they're gone now. Like, I don't know. Who knows where they are, but yeah. See what happens. We've, uh, obviously in the spots where you're not allowed to hunt, that's where the birds are around oh, here. Of course. But. Yeah, of course, right? Um, oh, the, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's just, to me, it seemed, and again, I sound like a broken record, but to me, it seemed like the bird numbers aren't there. And, and I was talking, actually, I had a, a meeting with some with some DU volunteers um, the other night, uh, what, Tuesday night, and uh, was talking to one of them and a big hunter in the area, too, and I was asking him, and he said, divers, like, the number of divers that were around was was off the charts. Mm. Um, he said, but puddle ducks and and Mark, you all know where I'm talking about here, but he's got a place over on Amherst Island and uh, they did not see puddle ducks at all over there. Um, but divers, lots and lots of divers, but just not seeing not seeing the puddle ducks, not seeing the mallards. And, and then when they did show up, it was like what you were saying, Eugene, like they showed up, they showed up almost too late, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're around, but you know, you can't shoot them. So, um, which is good for the population. Cause that means it survived and probably a better hatch, um, come the spring. So it's all good for the duck numbers, which is, which is amazing. It's just, it's frustrating sometimes when you're, when you're chasing and you're trying to find them. And then that's, that's your thing. Um, but you just can't find them. I think I'm going, I think I'm switching next year. I'm just <laughs> going to take a break from chasing ducks and, and, and start hitting the fields for some, uh, for some geese. I think that's my plan next really? year. Yeah, I think so. It's just for a couple of reasons, right? And, and, and you guys and Phil and Mark, you guys know it, you know that I'm not comfortable going alone anymore on the water in a boat so um so there's that side of the duck hunting and then i'm not seeing the, i'm not seeing the numbers of, of ducks i and you know i scout i drive around but i'm not 
I'm not going to burn fuel for the sake of burning fuel is, is more or less what I'm getting at. So for me in my area, it'd be a little bit easier to chase honkers than it would be to ducks. And, and I guess you can always hope that you'll get a flock of mallards come into the field sometime. You know, you can always wish for that. Yep. Or find or find a spot like Phil's got where he's where he can hunt geese on the field one day and then the next day just go down to the watering hole right on the same property and smash a limit of greenheads. That'd be fun too. It is. It it is. He says. I highly recommend it, especially with a twenty eight cage. It is a blast. Oh my god! Here he goes. And if everyone, the... if anyone's looking for a twenty eight cage, feel free to reach out to me. <laughs> yeah, please. Yep. Phil is Phil is trying to finance a new uh, hobby. Purchase a new, yeah, so. more toys, just more toys. Someone more buy toys. this stupid gun from me, <laughs> so Phil can get a Traeger. <laughs> no, no, not a Traeger, not yet. Uh, that, 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 that's on the list, but it's a little <laughs> further down. Yeah, a little further down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boys, I gotta apologize to you because I'm not I'm not on my game tonight. I'm I'm. A, little dragon here i got a bunch of other things that's that's bouncing around in my head and I, i just i can't seem to keep a conversation going tonight i'm all over the place so um feel free to rescue me from this downward spiral that i'm that i'm in right and now see, it's not like every show though no some well maybe it is maybe off on tangents <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'm always um, struggling to keep the conversation going, but tonight it seems like it's it's painful, which sucks for the listeners. Because, but then again, I was going to say sucks for the listeners because they had to listen to us last week. But a few people told me that they fucking loved the show last week, so which surprised the hell out of me because <laughs> it was just us three assholes on, uh, and I was like, there's no way anybody's going to like listening to us. So, so Eugene, yeah. where is where is it you live again? Uh St. Catharines. So like Niagara Falls, okay. Niagara yeah. Region. I know St. Catharines, yeah. Nice. Beautiful area. Yeah. You uh you hunt on Lake Ontario. Sometimes. Yep. Lake Ontario for some divers and stuff, but mostly around just the Niagara region, Niagara the Lake, St. Uh, not St. Catharines, but like Niagara the Lake, uh Wayne Fleet area. So, yeah, the old the old canal. You allowed to hunt on that? <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> That's where they what? all roost. Yeah, the old Niagara Canal. You mean? Oh well. Because because yeah. I've heard I've heard Nate talk about an area down there on a river or something that you can't hunt. But he said, like, that's where that's where all the birds roost up to. Yeah, the Upper Niagara, Lower Niagara, you can hunt. There's just certain spots you can and cannot hunt there. So. And course, I haven't really gone to that area too much, so. Okay. How far away from the falls do you let them hunt? Oh, about 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I've been out fishing the lower Niagara, like Queenston area. Yeah. Like they're fish, like fishing for lakers and stuff. And literally, I guess the season, obviously everything's different here and there, but like the season on the New York side is still going. So yeah. like literally, guys are drifting down the river, smashing lakers. And because, you know, you're not under power, guys are like dragging a half dozen bluebills out the back of the boat, shooting divers. They got literally a fishing rod in one hand and a shotgun in the other. Yep. It is hilarious. Cast them blast. Cast cast them blast. (laughs) Hashtag, you heard it here first. (laughs) Yeah. It it is, it is, it is something. And like, and this was in like March, I think, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But yeah, like guys are smashing bluebills and I'm like. Ducking and like holy shit. Well, I think I think Ohio's last day for for ducks is today. Actually, I think they're done yeah. today. Is their last day? So, uh, Ohio's on what on Lake Michigan? Erie, Erie. Oh, it Erie. Is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is Erie. Lake Erie. Yeah, Lake Erie. So well, I know the the boys, uh, the outfitter that we hunted with last January. Down like the Boot Heel, Arkansas area. They're like they're still going. Yeah, but those guys don't start until like, like December, November. Yeah, the, yes. November, December. So and they only um, get sixty days. Oh yeah, I guess so. 
have have you guys heard it much more eugene like because i think down your way is where they're talking like this crane this possible sand hill crane hunt yeah there i saw the talks about that with the ofah or whatever it is yeah yeah i saw that if i was if i were to go crane hunting i'd go to manitoulin island there's a lot of cranes there a lot oh yeah Yeah, tons um and i think but i think like southern ontario southwestern ontario and and you know up north uh or northern ontario i guess along that border i think that's the area that they're talking about right like okay I don't think it's coming, like, I don't think the Ottawa Valley is going to see a Sandhill crane hunt anytime soon, because I don't think, I don't think the numbers are there just yet. Um, but on the western side of Ontario, I believe the numbers are. But it, the thing I'm curious about, is it going to be a bag limit, you know, sort of kind of attached to your your regular daily limit of birds, or is it going to be a tag system? like like a swan hunt down in the states like turkey or like turkey because because let's face it like um there's a there's a lot of hunters in ontario um now i know that pales in comparison to some of the hunt number of hunters in the states in in particular states but there's a lot of hunters in ontario and a new species to hunt will draw out a few extra people. And I just think if, fuck, if, if everybody is out trying to smash these cranes, it's going to decimate the population right off the bat. Don't you, like, am I wrong in thinking that or, or what? Well, half the people got to learn that. Well, three quarters of people got to learn how to do it. Well, yeah. To start with. And, they're gonna dare I say it, they're gonna manage it. They're not yeah. just gonna throw the cranes to the wall, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, right. but that's what I mean, right? Like is it gonna be part of you're allowed one crane a day in, in your in your bag limit, uh, and a possession of say five. You know what is that what it's gonna be, or is it gonna be like like Phil said, like Turkey, you get you get two tags for the year for crane and and then that's it. And you wait until uh, next year. I don't know which way they're going to go. It depends on where you are and what the population of cranes is. The Ottawa Valley crane population that migrate through there is going up. It is right. going up. Yeah, absolutely it is. It went from when I was first hunting up there to to us barely ever seeing them to fields with hundreds of them. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Hundreds. Hundreds? hundreds like you, we would see three, four hundred cranes in a field. That's in the Ottawa Valley. Yeah, and that was when I left there. Yeah, when, when was I last hunting up the Ottawa Valley? It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while. So I would imagine with no hunting, the population is going up, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, what? So, what? So, do you have a population down where you like in southern Ontario, Eugene? Like, is there a population of crane around? Uh, you? To be honest with you, I haven't seen any in my area. I'm not too sure about like surrounding areas, but for Niagara. You see them, but not too many. Like you don't sound like yeah. they're gonna be popping around a lot. Yeah, like I've I think I've seen I've seen less than a half a dozen around here. Yeah. But that doesn't mean much, but that's yeah. all I see. What about you, Phil? Have you are you seeing crane? So the only time I've really seen them and like pay attention, like these this was like two like legit flocks of them was that field that you and Mark hunted. Really, eh? I was hunting I remember if I was hunting the field or the pond, whatever the case may be. And uh, legit, like, there goes a flock of like a dozen to 15. And like a half hour later, there went another one. Really? Eh? Now, I know at my father-in-law's place up around the corner, like, he's seen, you know, a pair, a yeah. triple. That's it. But yeah, like, I guess they're around, but not well, uh, a yeah. colossal number. It ain't like the Canada's, let me tell you. No, no, no. But uh, no. it... With all that being said, though, and and I'm not trying to throw shade on it or or, or you know be a negative Nancy, um, need to be a positive Polly. A positive Polly, that's me. I I am a optimist. I am a glass half full type of guy, Phil. Um, we'll go with that. Yeah, but um, you know, it's interesting to see that that you know the OFAH has been 
advocating for this for a number of years from from the way I read that that press release. Um, they've been advocating for this for a number of years, and Canadian Wildlife Service, um, who I might add is joining us in the refuge, just found out the other day. Uh, thank you, Canadian Wildlife Services. Um, but the fact that they are agreeing to it now, you know, obviously the numbers are there, right? Because like you said, Mark, they're going to manage it. They're not going to allow um, a bunch of a bunch of people to go start harvesting an animal that the population can't handle it. That That's not the way they work. So it, to me, it, it's, it's a success story that, you know, historically that, that species of bird has, is not around here and, um, climate change, whatever loss of habitat, you name whatever caused them to, to start migrating this way. Um, and now you have a healthy enough population that, that there's going to be a hunt. I, it's a success story. It really is. Right. And, and, and we talk about this, but we say the hope is there that they manage it properly. Yeah. You know, we not always certain decisions get made at certain times that change the balance of a population. And for some, needless to say, in Ontario, when they changed the hunting regulations for Turkey, it affected Turkey. It like definitely did. Like which so which which regulation? Because this is this is one that I I, I want to talk about. Okay, so when they took when they dropped the uh, specific training for turkey hunting, yeah, yeah, the course. So you actually had to have it on your license that you could hunt turkey. Yeah. When they dropped that, and literally anyone could go hunt turkey. Yeah. Now, it it did change the balance. It did. I agree. In the, in the turkey hunting world, yeah, for Ontario, for sure. But, um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, uh, and take it for what it's worth, but I think the ministry done an amazing job with managing the turkey population in Ontario, considering in the 60s it was next to nil, right? Right. To, to where it is now, where, and, and Mario Friendly was on the show here a couple weeks ago, and Mario Friendly even talked about it. He was like, listen, I know down in the southern states, there's places where turkey hunting is big. But, buddy, I'm going to tell you, uh, for anybody that, that hasn't hunted Ontario, Ontario is, is a prime spot to be hunting turkey. It really right. is. It really, really is. Like we, That is something that Ontario can hang its hat on, um, that they really have managed that turkey population uh, correctly. And, and I am with you. I think that the course... The course was enough of a deterrent to keep um, certain people away um, yeah. be because they had to pay money. And, th and ultimately, that's what it was. It was, well, I'm not paying money to go shoot. I've already pa I'm already paying money for my license. I'm already paying money for this. I'm already paying money for that. I'm not paying money for a course. And, that, and, nope. I'm, and I'm sure that's what the attitude was. Yeah, it's not so much about the money that it costs people. It's the fact that you went from having everybody who had a turkey tag was educated yeah. to a point. And yeah. yes, they said since after that, they've added the turkey training to the the hunter training yeah. in order to be able to get a hunting license. But most of the people were already had their hunter courses, right? And so they kind yeah. of got grandfathered in and they had no turkey training, right? Yeah, yeah. The introduction of the wild turkey, I guess, well, back into Ontario is one of the, the greatest success stories in existence for like animal reintroduction and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's good. Yeah, no, they and they did a great job with it. And and uh, Eugene, was it <clears throat> we were, when we were or was it I was talking to you or somebody else today and they were like, holy. Oh, it was Logan McNulty. I was talking to him today. And he was driving. He was driving around uh, the Ottawa Valley, and he was like, "Holy turkey!" Like he almost locked up his truck, and it was just it was a brood of probably twenty or thirty turkey in a in a field, right? Which they're all they're all gathered up right now, which no is, winter, which yeah. is no, which is normal to see big big groups of them like that. But um, and with this mild weather, well, they're they're obviously they're starting to come out a little bit more, and and there's not as deep snow, and they can get to their food source a little bit easier, but. Man, I I do I do think that that they did do something right 
managing the turkey population. And now, um, you know, uh, Quebec has a has a pretty good population. And then it was only last year, not this Two this years. past fall, but the fall before New Brunswick yeah. had their first. Um, but that's that's a draw system in in New Brunswick, I believe. Right, because they're starting it gradually. Yeah. That's what you would hope that, that Ontario would do if they started a crane hunt. A crane hunt, yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, you hope. <laughs> it's exciting times. No, but it really is exciting times. It's exciting times for a bird hunter because now you've got, you know, how many times have you heard the ribeye of the sky, right? Like people describe the crane as such a delicious bird to eat. Um and it is. It's a, it's a new species to chase, and 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 a new species to try and learn and 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 get educated on and figure out how they how they act and stuff. I I don't know. All I can think of is fucking pterodactyls, man. Like, and and don't have your dog. Like, don't. I'll <laughs> I'll put that out there right now. Don't have your dog out retrieving crane. That's that's a that's probably not a good idea. No. So, <laughs> and and. Uh, Unlike us goose hunters, where sometimes you just get ramped up in the in in the situation and you run out to grab that that goose and you leave your gun in the blind. Yeah, don't do that with crane. Make sure you take your gun with you in the crane. Uh, sorry, Eugene, buddy, we're we're sort of we got you to come on the show and no, all good. <laughs> and you're not even I'm not even really engaging you in 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 conversation. So so I apologize, but. Here's one for you, because I've done, um, I think it was the first time I shot a wild turkey, and I didn't know what to do with it, um, that it was going to, because everything I bring home, I've got to make it so that my wife and kids will eat it, right? They're not big wild game. Um, wild turkey on a Traeger, how would you do it? How would you do a breast on the Traeger of wild turkey? Uh, I would probably brine it and then smoke it. So what are you? So you know what? Educate me on that because people. So when I think brine, so all I've ever done when I've done brine. When I say wet, when I say brine, there's like like a wet brine. You know what I mean? Like soaking yeah. in. Yeah. So all I've ever done is I just rub olive oil over it and and just so like if it's if it's a chicken or something like that and I want to do it in, on rotisserie on the on a Traeger or something like that I just. <laughs> rub it in in uh olive oil and put, and put my uh and put my spices on it but like when you're talking a brine like what goes into a brine it depends you can do different things like obviously water uh salt and then aromatics some people do like a citrus aromatics and lemon juice lemon juice all that stuff butter pickle milk. juice what's that pickle juice yep <laughs> so anything to get the moisture into that into that bird right and it's not going to dry out. But honestly, like with the Traeger, I've cooked like chickens and turkeys and stuff like that without brining it, and it's it comes out juicy. But yeah, just it's a it's a good safe method, right? To to do. And I mean, all you're doing is putting it in there and leaving it over for 24 hours, and then pulling it out. And and the, and the idea behind it is is that you're adding more moisture, more moisture to the meat, so sure. that it doesn't dry out. Yeah. yeah. You have to be careful with lemon juice and even buttermilk because they will break down the connective tissue and the muscle. So if you soak it too long in lemon yeah. or buttermilk, you might end up with mush. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah you don't want that. Because when I done it, like somebody told me, they were like, oh, just wrap your, your turkey breast in bacon and, and grill it that way. And I done it, but I didn't, I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan. You know what I mean? Like, on the outside, yeah, you got that fat uh, from the bacon and stuff, but I w I wasn't a a big a big time uh, fan of that. So what I do with mine now, and and this could be blasphemous uh, to anybody that's listening, but I cut mine into strips and roll it in fish crisp and deep fry it. Now that's what I do with mine, and I fucking love it. But I'm sure there's a a a better technique a better recipe for for wild turkey yeah you know uh, something something i'll have to uh experiment with uh come the spring because i'm uh i'll be 
fingers crossed tagging out on two this spring, hopefully. Yeah. Give it the old college try. Well, that's all you can do, right? Hey, next time ahead. before you deep fry it. What's that? Put it, next time before you deep fry it. Yeah. Pour some buttermilk in a bowl. Put your strips in it for 45 minutes. And then put then do your batter. Oh yeah. What does what does the buttermilk do? It does, it, it does break it down a little. It, and and you, you get a certain bit of flavor from the buttermilk too. It's buttermilk, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That's just the deep frying side. The grilling side, I'm not an expert on. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are you guys? And and this may be way too early to even ask this question, Eugene. But like, what are you guys thinking? Um, with regards to samples, like it would it be wild meat that you would do samples at at the Toronto Sportsman Show? Or no, no, be... yeah, it would no, it would be probably like pork. We did like uh, we did lake trout, pork, and then we did like uh, apples at the Toronto Boat Show. Cool. Yeah, how are you doing your lake trout? Uh, we actually did a uh, Wellington style, so we did it a puff pastry wrap. We put uh, spinach, uh, raspberries. Season it up, and then just wrapped it into um, into puff pastry, and then we baked it at like four twenty five about fifteen minutes. Nice, it pretty good. Fancy. <laughs> it's, it, it sounds fancy, but it, and it tastes really good. It's really easy to do, and that's the thing. There's so many different recipes, right? So we just showing the versatility of the, of the Traeger, right? So we did smoked apples. So basically. We put uh, app, like slices of apples and butter and cinnamon, just smoked it to give it like a, a nice smoke flavor and put some whipped cream on it. Just kind of show them that way. Um, I'll probably be doing that for my demos this summer too, actually with the smoked apples. I'm going to do like a, like a smoked granola crumble on top of it. So I'll be serving that for my, my demos this season. Um, pulled pork's always good to do too. That just gives yeah, yeah. you the whole, the whole thing. And I can do them ahead of time and basically just serve them, warm it up and serve it. So it's right. interesting for me to kind of show the smoke, the smokiness and stuff of, of what you can do. Like brisket's good too, but I think I find the, the pork hold, holds the best for my demos and stuff and everybody yeah. loves them. Yeah. Well, and obviously it, the bacon wrapped Oreos, like those are. Do you ever do uh, smoked baked beans? Yep. I've done smoked baked beans before. That's another good one. Uh, smoked cream cheese is really easy. Like all you do is take a bar of cream cheese, get some hash marks in it. Put favorite rub on it, smoke it for a couple hours, and then uh, put like a red pepper jelly on top of it. Serve it with like crackers and stuff, and you're good to go. So sounds like a brie. I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so I wanted to. So I was at a at a meeting uh, a bunch of months ago, and a guy at the meeting he had made smoked mac and cheese, and he had done it on a Traeger. And man, I'm gonna tell you, it was it was fucking good like really really good so then i guess yeah really really good so <laughs> then i message eugene and i'm like can i smoke cheese on the traeger and he was like yeah absolutely you can so then he's telling me he was like just you know put some ice cubes in a tray and and put your cheese on top of the ice cubes and you know as long as you keep the temperature down and keep an eye on that your ice isn't melting and and instead of a block of cheese now you're left with a mush of cheese. Yeah. Um, and just I like doing fuck like, it up. Yeah, I like doing smoked gouda. So I like I'll just get chunks of gouda and stuff and smoke them. I usually do it in the winter when it's really cold and just kind of try to keep the temps low. Yeah. Smoke gouda is really good. So you can smoke any kind of cheese and stuff, right? So but what like what's your time on on smoking cheese? It depends like, on how much it depends on how much smoke penetration or smoke flavor you want, right? You can right. do it you can do as minimal half an hour 45 minutes and you can just ride it out as long as you want right so wow yeah yeah it was it was good man i i recommend anybody to try it um yeah smoke smoke some of your own cheese and yeah, uh, yeah it, it was really good um boys we're almost at that 50 minute mark here now and uh i think it's a good time that we uh we shut this one down and uh yeah and get ready for our next one, uh, more or less. So we'll do a quick around the table like we normally do, and then uh, we'll leave last words for Eugene. So, uh, Philly, to you, buddy. Eugene, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, obviously, we, we've known each other for a handful of years, but uh, looking forward to seeing you at the show in, uh, what are we, six weeks? 
Yeah, about yeah. six weeks. Yeah, about six, six weeks. Six, seven weeks time. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to putting your meat in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love you, Lorianne. Yeah. Oh, Lorianne. Yeah. Mark to you, my man. Good to finally meet you, Eugene. Absolutely. Uh, I am looking forward to crossing paths with you at the show and sampling your wares when we get there. Notice, notice that Merck didn't say what Phil said. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know him that well yet. Well, I'm pretty well. I know you very well, and I'm pretty <laughs> certain I'll never hear you say those fucking words. So <laughs> that's just I'm just saying. So yeah, um, Eugene, buddy, over to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the sportsman show. Was it six weeks? So it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, Stay man. tuned for updates. We're going to have a lot of updates. And uh, once we get the details, we'll let everybody know. And um, definitely come by the booth. We'll have swag and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah. And there's going to be some shows. Sorry, buddy. But there's going to be some show specials. Like you can come in there. You can you can walk out with a, a brand new grill. Yeah. Like we'll have, yeah. There, there's going to be, there, Dixon's going to be there with, uh, with product and stuff like that. So I guess stay tuned or go to the show and see, uh, see what you can do. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. You shipped to Nova Scotia, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely, he says. I'll bring, awesome. I'll bring one on the plane to Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 174 of the Union 0430. Um, yeah. I you know, you know the saying. We're not experts. We'll never pretend to be. And um We're adequate at best. We're adequate at best. And we're but, here to have fun. But you know what? Like this is this is one hundred percent the type of talks that you have in the blind. We didn't drop as many f bombs tonight as we normally do, and uh, we didn't go on with some some pretty dark humor like we normally do in the blind. But uh, th these are the conversations that uh, that you and your buddies have. So that's what we're trying to do. Big love. Surround yourself with good people, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>